We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I look at how the unit is functioned, you know, and so I would say tonight we didn't play well and what and it wasn't to put it on, you know, Quentin's not fair. You know, I don't, I don't think we really had anyone who played really well, you know, so we're capable of a lot better. Um, you know, you win together, you lose together. Uh, just focus on the improvement and get, getting ready for the next game. Haitian Ferg, what's going on, Haitian? Credit the Bucks, they made shots. Can't beat any team when you're minus 45 on threes. My lord, minus 45. Perimeter defense was decent. They just couldn't miss like the way we looked. I love the way they looked in the first half. I cannot say it enough. I really was happy with the first half. The offensive process and the and the way, I mean, the execution and the process, I thought was really sound. And then the defense, it's like a lot of them, even in the first half, Maybe not a lot of them. Enough of them were like, tip your cap. And then it's just, it kept going. So, but look, it's still a good basketball team. I think, here, you want to know? I'll put a positive spin on the Grimes thing, or I'll attempt to do so. This team is going so well right now, this game aside, that like, this Grimes thing becomes easily the most serious thing that anyone's going to worry about. Where it's like, whoa, is there is there discord in the locker room or whatever? I mean, the one thing that we should probably probably be happy about is one like we've heard a lot of like quickly's made or not quickly Mitch has made like Instagram posts and like Josh Hart had comments recently and like they tend to laugh this stuff off now this is a little bit of a different tenor obviously I didn't hear the comments I've been doing this but just reading the quote it seems like this is a very a different tenor certainly from the Hart quotes last week and from anything Mitch does which everybody thinks is ridiculous um so maybe that part of it is a little bit of an adjustment, but I and I like I'm just going off on a tangent with nothing Haitian Ferg asked about. I apologize, but I, I'll finish the point and then we'll move on. They are a professional locker room where it does seem like they are pretty good about whatever's going on, 
potential distractions or noise, whatever. Like they seem like they have a pretty good ability to do what they need to do to put to like not bring out any of that stuff on the court. The tough part is like Grimes is directly talking about what's going out, what's going on on the court, which Hart was too. The difference is that this is what made the Hart comments kind of ridiculous. Hart had the ability to change that because he's that sort of player. And sure enough, he came out the first game after those comments and he looked like a completely different guy and he did change it. That's not really something Grimes has shown the ability to do. So this does have the ability to linger like a, like a, like a, you know, a, a stinky fart. Um, hopefully it doesn't, but we'll see. Zach Horowitz, what's going on, Zach? The Bucks shoot insane, of course, but why did the refs have to go uh, in the Wayback Machine and let Giannis draw fouls like it's 2021 Harden Trey Young? Blood pressure could have done without that. Yay at the Celtics now. I know. What a reward. Um, yeah, the refs weren't great, but what can you do? Um, he's a tough guy to guard. He's a tough guy to guard. I mean, I think if you're making a list of like toughest or tough, sorry, tough guy to tough guy to guard, but tough guy to referee. If you're making a list of the te- the ten toughest guys to ref since Shaq, maybe even the five toughest guys to ref since Shaq, he probably makes the list. So, uh, super based Neek, what's going on, man? IQ should have taken the 18 million per year that was offered. Oh, we got an IQ detractor here. Never shows up in big games with Brunson having a subpar game. This was a chance to show the front office something. Needless to say, an egg was laid again. Okay. He has not been great in the playoffs. His first playoffs were as a rookie. Throw it out. You know, a lot of, a lot of people have had poor playoffs as a rookie. And even last year, and Andrew Claudio is fond of saying this, like there was another third-year player who kind of laid a similar egg in, in his playoffs after his third season. And that was Jalen Brunson. And, uh, you know, he's turned the page on that narrative. Was quickly good in the playoffs last year? No. Was it kind of staggering after the year he had to watch that? Yes. Do I think it factored into the fact that they could not reach an extension this summer? Absolutely. Um, Because going into the... Because if he... <laughs> yeah, Andrew's reminding me that Brunson got benched for Trey Burke in the Clippers series. Um, if quickly has like a pretty good playoffs, let alone a great playoffs, he's probably getting that twenty five a year. Um, you know, look, he no, we shouldn't have taken the eighteen because the eighteen is going to be there for him this summer. It's just this, and he's had. This is the main point. He's had big games in big spots. Maybe not in the playoffs, but he's had big games in big spots for this team last season and before that. Thanks, Super Base Neek. Yeah, the Miami game was eight days. They don't win the Miami game without quickly. I thought he was the most important player in the game, and that game was really important. Uh, Zach, you were right, Macri. <laughs> the in-season tournament is stupid. I hate it now. No, I think it's great. I think it's great. I, uh, you know, it kind of stinks that we may get the very short end of the stick in terms of scheduling, but like, 
you know, and what and what what PR benefit did we get out of it? We got our fucking ass handed to us on national television by the Bucks. That part's annoying. Meanwhile, I'm going to be all kinds of wrong on my predictions. I think I went on Fred Katz's uh, podcast. I'm pretty sure I predicted Kings or sorry. I think I predicted Knicks Celtics and the Celtics would beat the Knicks to go to the in-season tournament finals. And I think I predicted Kings Suns. Knicks lost. Celtics lost. Uh, Kings lost. And the Suns are currently down by 15th. The Lakers. <laughs> so, great job by me. <laughs> the ultimate prognosticator. Uh, Jasso focused. The RJ back. RJ is back. Game was right there. Sigh. I mean, I, I, those first, that those first, that first week and a half, starting to feel like a long time ago, to me. To me, I'm sure other people will say that's because you hate R.J. Barrett and you're an idiot, Macri. But starting to feel like a long time ago. What is his three point percentage at this point? Is he still is he even like above forty percent from three? I don't even know. He is not. What is he at? He was at thirty eight coming into this game. And what did he hit tonight? One of four. One of four. Yeah, another week like this, it's back down to thirty. We're, yeah. yeah, we're going to be back down to like. Where, where we've been for much of his career. It's <sighs> not what you want. Uh, Dan, Dan Hidalgo. This was significantly less fun than expected. The games yesterday had me amped for this one. The Bucks just didn't miss. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you would have liked to see it come down to the end. That said, I kind of, this is just me. It's less annoying for me to lose like this than it is to have lost on like a Dame three at the buzzer or something. Which would keep me, which would like have me not sleeping all week. But that's me. Dom with another one. One more by a slim margin, but I still got to beat, but still got beat on the boards again. Uh, growing, concerning trend. Okay, officially done and ready for bed. Back at it for tomorrow. Um, not concerned yet about the rebounding. Uh, the Bucks again, like a such a big part of the Knicks' ability to rebound is Mitch, and Mitch grabbed. Did he? Did he grab four rebounds tonight? There was four rebounds tonight. I mean, it's you know, it's it's tough. They're not a good matchup for him, and uh, nor are they a good matchup for us. Super base Neek, uh, thumbs down. Mitch against good centers and D non-factor. Uh, it's not that he's a thumbs down against good centers. It's just stretch fives. I think get in his head. That's my assessment. Okay. The philosopher's take. Um, there are no Nick players at fault here. The Nick basic offense is what other teams use as fourth quarter playoff game closing offense. It's archaic. I mean, okay, you know, third ranked offense last year. 11th ranked offense coming into tonight. Going to be at least 11th coming out of tonight. I, but everybody's entitled to their take. I'll say that. And Even, especially if you're a philosopher. Ah, you beat me to the joke and I stepped <laughs> on yours. That is, I'm batting a thousand tonight, everybody. First of all, for anybody that missed it, the Celtics game is Friday. Okay. The Celtics game is on Friday. Okay. Yeah. And John just had a really good joke and I stepped on it. So you didn't step on it. What did you step on it? 
I jumped in to be like, even philosophers can have a take. And you were like, especially, and I stepped on it. So I apologize. Everybody. I didn't even hear you. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Unfortunately, I did. Um, Do you want to update on the standings? On the I'm pulling standings? it up right. Or the, the stats. I'm pulling it Already up right got now. it. Already got it. They're still 11th in offense. They're Whoa. down to 7th in defense. <laughs> they, they, surprised they didn't drop lower. Still 7th in net rating, though. Like, yeah. Whatever. Dom, good game, Randall. Serious now, bedtime. Bye bye. Dom, you're you're an addict. <laughs> you, we need to start having uh Nick's film school super chatters anonymous meetings. You're gonna, Hi, my name is Dom Capicidi and I'm I'm a super chatter. Thanks, Dom. Uh dries off. What's going on, dries off? Uh thank you for your contribution. Thank you, everybody. We get we get a lot of repeat Th- those those meetings, those super chatter anonymous meetings would be Robust attendance and with a lot of the same faces, and I love it because it just it it shows the support that we have. So thank you, thank you everybody. I don't say it enough. Thank you. Um, IQ's big game resume off the top of my head doesn't seem great. Felt like he went force over facilitate tonight. Props to Randall for showing up. So I do think that you're, you're giving him not really enough credit for the the good games he has had. Um, like just go back last season. I here's my the thing for me quickly started off rough last season. The Knicks started off rough last season right around when quickly got it going is right around when the Knicks got it going. I don't think that's a full coincidence. Number one, number two, because the Knicks got off to such a tenuous start for me, for me, maybe not other people didn't feel like this. I felt like I was living on a fucking tightrope with this team from the I mean, really the beginning of the season, but like in terms of when things got good, even all the way through, what was it? A week left in the season where I think we clinched, clinched a top six seed. Like uh, there, like to me, like so many of those were big games and how many of how many games against good competition did Emmanuel quickly step up and have big performances? Like obviously the Boston game is the one that stands out the most, but there were a lot more where where he really where he really answered the call. Um, so I'm not slapping this on him. I do, but but to your point, where you make where you say he felt like he went force over facilitate tonight, when it is tasked on him to really to create offense, right? Because that's and that's the biggest reason that I have been a level down from the people who look at him and be like, well, he could have a Brunson esque leap with his own team. And I've always, I've always, I've never stepped up to that level. And the reason is because I just don't think the offensive creation ability is there. And I think if you don't have that in the NBA, you have a certain ceiling and nights like this, where a defense could really key in on you in a way that they did. I think it I think it shows up. Now, that's not to say that he hasn't created a whole bunch of offense in a whole lot of big spots. He has, but his ability to do so consistently um when a defense is really locked in on him, like that's why we really do take for granted what Julius and Jalen do. Because every freaking defense is locked in on them every night. Every night, I mean Brunson. My God, what Brunson is able to do with what defenses try to do to stop him, and he d- doesn't even matter. 
We're sitting here talking about his game tonight. Like, yeah, it was a so-so game. Like, the dude was still really good. You know, that's that's stardom. When defenses throw the kitchen sink at you every night and you do what Brunson does and Randall did tonight and Giannis does and Dame does and like guys like this and you go up and down the line. That's that's a, you know, so your point in that respect is, I, I think, well taken. Sam Garcia's dad. Sam Garcia's grandma summed it up with, well, that sucked. Uh, give her my give her my my kudos. Um, as someone who wavers on trading for a superstar, maybe this game is evidence that you do it. Uh, I, I no one should be wavering on trading for a superstar if it is an actual superstar. I've never wavered on trading for a superstar. I just don't think one's one has become available. And I'm not sure when one is becoming available. Uh, but I also have a pretty lofty definition of superstar. Um, yeah. So like, you know, listen, unless they like make the finals or something like nothing they do this season, let alone in this game is going to change the organization's stance on that. They're still going to swing for the fences when the time comes, if the time comes, that's it's an, if not a, not a, not a, or it's a, it's a when, not an if, I guess. Uh, this is a quote, I guess, from Tibbs. Uh, Tibbs was asked whether you should consider a lineup change for Grimes. To put it on Quentin is not fair. I don't think we really had anyone who played well. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was asked specifically about Grimes' comments. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Ja, last one. Really feel like Mitch needs a week to recuperate. I feel like he was hobbled at the end of the last game and obviously bad tonight. Need him in tip-top for big games. Um, he's been more muted of late, uh, generally speaking. I hold on. Let's see if I could, if I still have it. Um, I should be able to pull this up pretty quick because I did. I, I actually charted out um, the stars like by game, like stars of the game that I give out, and this is now going to be. The fifth game in the last six the Knicks have played because he was really good in the Charlotte game. But Miami, not great. Phoenix, not great. Detroit, not great. Toronto, not great. And now tonight, not great. So that's five of the last six. Um, again, not that it, this 
means anything. But like, if you care about my own personal opinion about who was the best performer in a Nick game before this recent stretch of six games in the first 14 games, Mitch got one of the stars of the game, meaning I deemed him to be one of the three best Knicks in the game, 11 out of 14 times. So yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit of wear and wear and tear. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Jessica, I turn 42 tomorrow. Jessica, happy birthday. Um, I'll say my piece. Let me read the rest of your comment. Would have loved an early birthday win, but hey, KFS is like a gift you get all year, so I'm thankful. Great Julius game tonight. Let's go next. Jessica Elsner, for anybody who doesn't know, has been such a massive part of building up our community here in his film school over the last several years. Um, in our Discord for patrons, uh, in the Substack chat every day, on here in the co- and and chats and and super chats, obviously, and just in every way a person could be supportive of a thing. She has been supportive of Nick's film school, and uh, it has meant a lot to me personally because she's one of the kindest people uh, I've ever met. Someone I consider a true friend. And uh, so, Jessica, happy early birthday. I'm sorry they couldn't get the win for you, but I hope you are doing something great, having a great meal, seeing a good movie. I don't, I don't know. Listening to some good Grateful Dead songs. Anything good. And I'm almost, I'm almost there with you at 42. I'm a year and a half away, I think. Uh, Frank Miranda. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I might want Andrew to come up for this one. What's up, Mac? It's your boy Frank from Patreon. I really wanted to get this one and play in Vegas. LMAO. Where all the RJ? (laughs) (laughs) You got to finish the sentence. Where are all the RJ Hive booty clappers now? (laughs) They were real loud after seven games. Remind everybody what's his effective field goal percentage now. Um, uh, Listen, all is fair and loving bets made over a KFS town hall. Like, look, Frank, talk your shit. I know you're not rooting against RJ. None of us are rooting against RJ. Well, a lot of people were adding you in those seven games, so that is your turn. It is a good reminder that patience in all respects is a wise thing, uh, both during the good and the bad. And just like uh, people, including me, by the way, I was all, I was all, all in. <clears throat> we're overly exuberant in the beginning. We shouldn't be overly dismissive now. I've never dealt with migraine headaches. My wife deals with migraine headaches. I, I could tell you from my experience living with her that they are not fun. I, I mean, the comments that he made the other day indicated like there were a few different ways to read them. It indicated to me that maybe he was still feeling the effects somehow. I don't know. Um, I'll say the thing that a lot of RJ supporters have said for years: you, you trust the work ethic, you trust the the passion to be good, and most importantly. I think, I hope. I think the defense, even since he's come back, has still been okay. You know, 
And if he could just defend his position, he needs to hit some threes. Like we got it. We got to find a happy medium here with these three point shots, you know, even just to, on the corners. I mean, I think his percentage from the corners is still pretty good. So, but like the decision-making could, could, hasn't been great. And the shot making hasn't been great. I maintain what I said on the pregame pod today. Um, even the most optimistic of RJ supporters had to know he wasn't going to shoot 50% from three. Well, that's, I'm just putting it out there that a lot of us thought there was a regression to come from his shooting. The defense has not been the liability it was last year, which at times has even been a net positive, which we couldn't say last year, which honestly, I'll take it. He has to be playable. He has to be someone that they could count on on the defensive end. And for my money, he has been outside of this weird Detroit game where I don't know how many Knicks were playable that night. If they weren't playing like the Washington Generals, they might have lost that game. So the um, yeah. The one thing I want to add, and it's pro- other other than the fact that he can't make it above the break three since he's come back. The other number that is somewhat concerning to me is, and again, assists in the NBA are oftentimes kind of a silly stat. Um, now, he had six assists against Toronto, and they were, I think, they were legit. Like he had some, he had some, did some nice passing against Toronto tonight. He had one. Before the Toronto game, his assist numbers since coming back, two, two, one, 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 three. And like, even in the early start, his assist numbers weren't like popping off the charts. He had a couple of assist, six assist, six assist games in his first seven. Um, I just think the passing and the playmaking has taken a little bit of a dip since he's been back. A little. I agree with that. One more from Frank. Frank Miranda with another one. What's up, Mac? It's your boy, Frank from Patreon. I can't wait for tomorrow's town hall. RJ Hive, come on down. And Mac, I got a bone to pick with you for enabling them. Oh, my God. Now you're. Uh, that's not good because the dealer gets the most time. You know, the the the. if you're caught with that, uh, you know, with the with the supply, then that's that's not what you want. That's not what you want. And then last one in the RJ department of this postgame. Sam Garcia, happy I didn't reinvest in that RJ stock. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't allowed to buy it. I, I probably if if I did knock, I don't know how vigorously I knocked, but I was summarily told to go away. You could probably jump on now if you want to <laughs> take stock. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I I, uh, I don't know who I'm buying stock in right now. J- Julius Randall, what can I get that at? So we literally just did a, a stock market segment on the yeah. pod. And do we want to check in on how those stocks are doing? Josh no, Hart way I, up. Julius Randle way up. Quentin Grimes. I forget who we each got. But some like, cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. The Grimes thing worries me a little bit. Does. As does me. But team is talented. Team has never really had locker room issues outside of the I second know. year. Which... Their solution to those locker room issues was go home, Kemba Walker. Um, I think they're talented enough that they'll be able to um, overcome this. Yeah, it, man. I I I, I want to get Benji and DJ's take on this specifically because, like, and they, and they've I know they've talked about it a lot already, but I think they've both been pretty consistent that yes, the Knicks could be doing more, but Quinn, man, you could be doing more. 
Do much for do more for himself. Yeah. Yeah. So like and like I I, I do uh, go, do you have any more super chats? We do. We have five more. Okay, let's go through those and then I'm gonna do one more thing before we get out of here. Um Black Spock Wharf, that is quite a name. Um why is Grimes just standing in the corner? Why does he not cut and dry if he used to do that? What the fuck? Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm, what we're talking about. I think he was more active off the ball. He was never Dr. DiVincenzo off the ball, but he used to do, be able to do more. And um, like, man, how about this? Think about like the the kind of creation game we saw like signs of last year where he would put the ball on the floor and do stuff. Um, but no, he's not, he's not cutting a lot. He's not, he's not, he's really not doing much of anything. It's tough. Draws off. Not meant to be a knee jerk reaction. Just as curious. Uh, would you make a move for DeMar, uh, to try to consolidate? Not sure if you've addressed already. I'd be all for a consolidation trade. If it was the right trade, DeMar DeRozan is not the right trade. I think the larger point with Grimes and it's, it's something that I'm sure there will be segments of folk segments of folk who will make this the issue where it's like we must treat our asset better like this is still a young asset we must treat this asset as more valuable and invest in the asset well i don't disagree with that and i am bigger on asset management in the nba than anyone the fact that Grimes is a is a homegrown player and a young player drafted by the team and the whole thing. This is a team that whether they whether whether like winning multiple playoff series is a realistic expectation or not, I could all but guarantee you their owner thinks they should win at least a playoff series and if not a second playoff series, like have a really good showing in the second round. Like again, who do you always trust? Ian Bagley. What has Ian Bagley consistently talked about? Anytime he's kind of touched on this subject or mentioned it this year, internal pressure to improve. Like there is pressure from on high to not that like, Oh wow. Last year, second round. Great. Maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. Fuck. Dude, you kidding me? It's like, okay, great. What are we doing now? You know, that's what the internal pressure is on, which not to say that they're going to make a stupid trade, which gets back to your point, which I'm going to get back to. But like the notion that they're at a stage where it's like, well, you know, we we have to give Grimes X amount of minutes and make sure he gets enough X amount of shots and, and, and all of this because he's a young asset. Like those days are done. Those days are gone. They don't exist anymore. Whether they should or should not, I'm just here to tell you they don't. Um, which is not to say that they will bury him as an asset. Like he's going to stay in the rotation. He's going to continue getting meaningful minutes. I think he's going to stay on as the starter myself. But like, in terms of the organization making a particular effort to like re- rehabilitate his stock, I think it's much more like, man, if you're not helping us, we're going to act accordingly. I'm like, we're going to keep playing you because your spacing matters and your defense matters. And as long as you're pl- like even doing what you're doing now, you're going to continue seeing 14, 15, 16 minutes a game. But as far as like anything beyond that, like it's on you to to 
because like where he's at right now, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's top sure he, Like obviously he still has trade value, but like has his, has his trade value cratered? I don't know. Trade value cratered. I don't, Cause I don't know that it was ever like super high. Um, this is a very long winded way of saying, uh, would they make a consolidation trade sending out a young player and maybe even multiple young players uh, for a veteran? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually, you know, I'm going to step back on that because the consolidation trade, if you mean like Fournier and a young player, like, yeah, sure. A consolidation trade where it's two rotation players going out for one. I don't think that they would do that unless it was for, you know, a, a true star or, you know, like Ananobi. Um, otherwise, I think they would probably just try to flip a young player and then Fournier salary and for, for whoever else. It shouldn't be DeMar. DeMar is a bad fit with this team. He wants to operate inside the arc. He is not a three-point shooter. He needs the ball to be successful. Uh, yeah, all those things. Parish, what's going on, Parish? One, we could play bigger. Also, if our uninnovative coach plays Sims against Twin Tower teams a bit, yeah, I don't know if Jericho Sims was the was the the answer you're looking for tonight. Um, also, can DiVincenzo play well against 500 teams once? I didn't think DiVincenzo was bad tonight. It was better than RJ. It was better than Quickly. It was better than Mitch. It was better than Grimes. DiVincenzo's like, he's fine. He's been fine this year, and he continues to be fine. Thanks, Parrish. Uh, ja. At least Grimes is getting the shot. Frank never never got ducks. Okay, that was the last one. Um, that's what I was going to look up, which I'll do after the last comment. Thanks, Ja. Uh, Drazov, I love IQ, by the way. Bought his jersey after his rookie year preseason. Um, I guess for me and maybe others, the highs of his good games are really high, but the lows of his bad ones are very low. He, yeah, I mean, sure. I guess this maybe my reaction to this speaks more to the fact that I don't have him on the level as others do. And for that reason, when he has a game, a bad, I mean, tonight I was pretty disappointed in, him, but like his bad games, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, it's one of the few he doesn't have it. I, I think he's as consistent as anyone on this team. So I don't get bent out of shape by the bad games. This is the last one. Uh, Lou Izzo. Why does it feel like when Julius is the game of his life, we always lose? Last year versus Minnesota, tonight versus Milwaukee. I, can, can I hit you with some trivia, John? Sure. So this was the 10th time that Julius Randle has scored 40 points as a member of the New York Knicks. Um, do you want to guess how many losses? So we've named two so far, tonight and the Minnesota game last year. Oh. So do you want to guess how many losses the Knicks have in games Julius has 40? Are they, what, four and six in those games? This was the second loss that the Knicks have had. Oh. Julius Randle scores 40 points. It was a trick question. Okay. It is it. quite literally how you feel, Lou. And I like respect the question. I went and did the research to double check. I remember the Miami game last year where 
his three to put give himself 40, 41, and 42 points gave them a thrilling victory on the road. Um, I remember the games against Atlanta before the playoffs in the week here season where he was making it known to the country that not only was he an all-star and all-NBA candidate, but a uh, uh, most improved player front runner. Shout out to uh, the fine folks at FanDuel. Um, I remember all the 40-point games he had last year, like the first Minnesota game where he put that team to bed in the first half. This is just the thing where those two games stand out because he was so otherworldly in them and they lost. So, so quick on Grimes. I just looked it up. Go ahead. Before the injury, before he went out for two games, missed two games, um, he was averaging 25 minutes a game. He was taking seven shots a night, six threes a night, shooting 40% from deep. And specifically starting with the Milwaukee game, um, where he went five of ten from deep in the in that starting with there and that it's six games before he went out with an injury. Again, twenty more than twenty five minutes a night, seven field goal attempts, more than six threes, forty six percent from three. So his season up until he went out with the injury was humming. His first game back played twenty five minutes against Minnesota, took six shots, missed six shots. Okay, not ideal. Since then, and he put, again, 25 minutes. Since then, he has averaged 19 minutes a game, which, like, okay, that's not a lot for a starter. But, like, on this team, if you're not performing, like, you're, there are enough guys you're not going to play more than 19 minutes. He's taking four shots a game, just under three threes a game. He's hitting 28% from three, and he's hitting 24% overall, which means he hasn't really hit any twos at all. Um, I think he actually literally has not made a two-point shot since he came back. No, sorry. In the Toronto game, he hit a two-point shot. That's it. Um, And again, we're talking about it's been seven games since he's been back. He has nothing to complain about before that. So I, I understand he's feeling a certain type of way. I'm do more and do better. Last one. Jordan Rosario. Is it time to move Grimes to second unit where he could be more of a focal point of the offense? Bro's doing cardio out there at this point. I say start Dante DiVincenzo. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Things could change in a hurry. But like, I, I have to push back on this notion that the second unit is going to be this unlocking of Quentin Grimes. You were on the second unit in the starting unit. Granted, he's the fourth option. I get it, but he's the fourth option. And your top two options are one is a very good passer first position and Julius Randall has felt found Quentin Grimes a ton over the years. And the other is Jalen Brunson's, you know, solid passer for a point guard move to the backup unit. Okay, solid-ish. Move to the backup unit. You're relying on R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly to get you looks. R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly have not always been the best distributors of the basketball. Um, they have not. They just have. I agree with you. Yeah. Josh Hart's on the second unit. Josh Hart finds guys with his drives and kicks. Look, I'm not an advocate of moving Grimes to the bench and thinking it's going to unlock him. I, I'm my only move to move Grimes to the bench would be like you've better 
offense, you're more efficient offenses when DiVincenzo plays with the starters or when quickly plays with the starters. Like those lineups are otherworldly. Yeah. So you're so, so you're starting five. It's not even a get, it's not even a Grimes like can be better on the second unit. It's a I, we could be better in the starting five. I would argue that Dante DiVincenzo is really important to what that second unit does. And by the way, like the other part of this is like it's the type of usage. Like it's not like if you move him to the second unit, he's going to be doing anything differently. Dante DiVincenzo is a vastly superior pick and roll ball handler to Quentin Grimes. Maybe Vasily is a bit strong, but like we know David Jesu knows how to run a pick and roll. We've seen it. He's done it already with the Knicks a few times. That's not something Quentin Grimes has ever done in an NBA game. We saw him doing summer league games. That's summer league. It's not NBA games. So the notion that he's going to be like generating offense as, as, a, as some kind of creator, he's still going to be a catch and shoot guy. He's still going to have to do the same shit he's going to need to do with the starting unit. And like, again, with the starting unit, I just read off the stats. He's had games where he's hit a ton of shots and taken a ton of shots. He just needs to be more assertive. It's there for him, you know, but. I I don't disagree. I've, I've never been someone that's like, you need to unlock Grimes if he goes to the second unit. It's all any consideration for moving him is at the thought that there are better options on the second unit. Which gets back to the point before, like even if the Knicks brain trust met tomorrow and be like, "My God, our our the Grimes stock is is tanking. We're not going to have that key asset to throw in a deal." First of all, I'm not going to say this. I well, actually, no, maybe Fred didn't actually report this, so I'm not going to say. Um, my guess, my guess is that is that Emmanuel quickly. No, Fred did report this because they talked about quickly saying? in trades, right? They, oh yeah, that's that's very reported. Yeah. I would go on a further limb and say they believe quickly is the big time asset that's going to get them whatever they're going to get, not crimes. And as, as as an aside, if they met tomorrow and were like, you know, we, we have to do something about crimes, his stock is getting too low. We're not going to be able to use him in this trade or that trade. What are they going to do? What's the answer? You know? Yeah. Even, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I know how the front office, uh, order works uh, or the inner workings of the the coach to front office uh, communication. Uh, I don't think if I don't think Tibbs is going to listen if they're just like, hey, we need to take care of this asset because that's a, a non like if that was ever going to happen, be, it would happen with Obi. Or how about Emmanuel quickly? Like his minutes are not like you have to play him X because we have to keep his trade value. I, high. No, he plays as he's playing. I think Tibbs is going to wants to get Grimes going because I think Tibbs knows that that makes them a better basketball team, which is the difference to your point, which is that's the, that's the difference between him and Obi. I don't think Tibbs ever believed that like getting Obi going was the secret to anything. I thought, I think he probably looked at Obi as an inconvenience for three years. Um, Quickly or Grimes. I think he, he sees as a valuable commodity that when he's going good and he knows he's not going good right now. So I'm sure for as frustrating as this is for Quentin Grimes, I'm sure it's frustrating for Tibbs too. Which leads to the comments that he made tonight that you can't just put all this on Quentin Grimes. Like not a lot of people played well. It sucks that he had another goose egg. And I mean, look, I you haven't seen it yet, but I thought DJ had the best tweet reacting to the Grimes comments, specifically the Christian Winfield comments where he said that like every shot I miss feels like every shot I take feels like it's a hundred pounds. And it's like, this is what like the person, like the, the actual words of how anxiety feels like. Like he's feeling it. 
right now. And it sucks because he's young and he was part of the solution last year. And now quickly is closing games for him. And Josh Hart came during the season last year and started closing games instead of him. And Dante DiVincenzo basically plays his role. And there's he like Quentin Grimes didn't go to Villanova. So I feel for the kid. I don't know why. If we're talking trades, Knicks fans, and I, I know you've pushed back on this. If you're going to trade Quentin Grimes, go get Alex Caruso. Plays the exact same position, does the exact same Grimes things, requires the exact same well, usage. So the that would be, man. Caruso shooting over. Well, I'm the not, last I checked, it was I'm not looking up Caruso's stats. I'm looking up uh, the Bulls uh, salary cap because Grimes doesn't make enough where oh, you uh, have to include other it's things, not, but it's well, no, the issue is Grimes doesn't make enough. And if you throw Fournier in, it's way too much. And the problem, what, what you'd be looking at actually, I think to make the math work and they're not going to do this is because Kobe White's having a really nice season, just signed uh, an extension. Like they're not like Kobe, like so that, that's Kobe not out. happening. Okay. Um, and so then you, then you turn to Patrick Williams and like Patrick Williams is a piece that I'm sure they want to get something real for. And then after Caruso's 9.5 million, you go down to uh Desunmu who makes 6.5 and all of a sudden uh 48 plus uh, Grimes is, is way too much. And you're, I, I mean, Desunmu is a good player. And then you got Javon Carter. Like he's like, so the, it, it gets, it gets crazy. Basically it's like you're, it's a complicated trade because you're talking about probably diverting Lonzo Ball somewhere, and where are you going to divert him? Because it's like he, you, you, it's it's salary at this point. Yeah, yeah, but, but there's no team with cap space. So even if you found a team willing to take him on, and you, you still have to take back a, a fair bit of money, and then you're then then you have to compensate that team for taking on Ball, which is a, t- a toxic asset because he's a player option for next year. That do they is, have anything expiring at the moment? No, the, it's it. The, that's why the Bulls are in a really tough spot as far as Caruso's contract is too good. You know, and for the and and I, I if anybody's listening to this and be like, well, the Knicks could you know throw in Isaiah Hardenstein. Like the Knicks, I don't think the Knicks are going to upend their team to do no, something like. This. It was a one for one swap. If you're trading Quentin Grimes, is that yeah, I would no. want a one one to one swap it to Caruso. My only other thought is add a third team, but I don't know if you want to add a third team to try and make that type of salary. That I mean, trade work. I personally think it'd be worth it because I think you want you want to talk well, about. You want to talk about a defensive lineup that perfectly hides Jalen Brunson. It's with Josh Hart and Mitchell Robinson and Alex Caruso on the floor. Let me just say real quick. Hold on. Let me look at this real quick. So Anthony Six does in the chat saying DeMar is expiring. I'm not entertaining. Yeah, that's DeMar not a DeMar thing. thing. Um, yeah, the problem is Grimes makes 2.4. Yeah, 25. So even, even if you're cobbling together like him with minimums like that, then you're then you're talking about a three for one which I'm not even sure if the Knicks, I don't know if the Knicks could do that because they're, they have um, some, they're up against the tax. What does Javon Carter make? No, but that's on the bull side. Now I'm talking about if it's just straight up Grimes plus little money for Caruso, like the salaries don't match up. Grimes is a two point, whatever Caruso is at 9.4. It's just, it's a, it's not a, it's not a good match. So I, I would still figure out a way to make it work. Whether you got to add a player just to 
it's Phil Knight. it's they don't have listen, a trade exemption. The Knicks, yeah, from Obi. No. Okay. Oh, maybe you know what? Maybe they do, but Caruso doesn't fit in it because uh, Obi didn't make this much money. Okay, his cap hold being the eighth pick wasn't that high. It's his trade exception is what he will. I'll look it up. Is uh, is what he was making. Hold on. Um, this is not the way I thought we were gonna uh, we were gonna go. I just made point. a comment that if we're upgrading Quentin Grimes, it's not to a high usage player like like the Rosen or Levine. Yeah, it's the, not the the way people should go. The OB the OB trade exception is his salary for this year, which is six point eight million dollars. That's not nothing, but Grimes but you also, doesn't. It's it's you can't combine the trade exception with the, unless they change that rule under the new CBA, which I don't think they did. You can't combine uh, a trade exception with a player's salary, and 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 if bad job by me if I if I missed that they changed that rule, I don't believe they did. Okay, they didn't used to be able to combine trade exceptions with anything else. The annoying um, rule. The CBA. So the other solution is for Quentin Grimes to just I love just play better. Play better, and the Knicks can get the things going again. This is still a good yeah. basketball team. They played a team that had a historic night from three. You know, yeah, it's why like we're we're we actually are devolving into doing the exact thing that Tibbs correctly said. Like, don't put like why is this a why is tonight's reaction about like Quentin Grimes? It should not be. Grimes made it a little bit more about himself with the comments, but yeah. which Tibbs didn't hear the Grimes comments, so that's why we devolved. But we can wrap here. All right. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. Sorry for anybody who was like all in on the end season tournament and uh, your hopes have been fake dashed. ass tournament anyway. In the words of the great Carmelo Anthony, I'm not interested in the Gary O'Brien Trophy. I'm interested in the Larry O'Brien Trophy. I, I did not listen to that podcast, but I at least know what it you're hasn't dropped about. yet. It was just a promo yeah. dropped with him and Mero. So I'll, I'll be sure to be sure to listen to that one the second it drops. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, checking out uh, post game. Uh, we'll have more uh, content uh, coming out in the in the days to follow. Uh, post game on Friday after the Celtics game, obviously casual Fridays coming. The whole thing. Subscribe to the channel if you do the fa- the channel. Uh, if you listen to this in podcast form, five star rating, good review, the whole thing, and we will be back with more fun and games before you know it. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over thirty five, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.